Welcome to Speak Sex. I'm your host, Steve Eurydice. I'm the sex whisperer on the podcast movement. And uh, today we're going to talk about the body and uh, the history of the human body <laughs> <laughs> and all the shit we've done to it in our effort to kind of like regulate, I don't know what, procreation, its power. Anyway, so I want to welcome my guests. Um, I have Elsa Marie Keefe, who is a nude artist, and she'll tell us all about what that means. And um, she also organizes uh, women's groups uh, now based in New York. She's based in New York, but hopefully they'll be spreading everywhere. Definitely. And they're called Just Naked. So for now, it's Just Naked New York City, where women get together naked and find healing in just being able to see it with their bodies you know, uncovered mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, unveiled. Um, and uh, my other guest is uh, Maurice D- Dumont. That is correct. Uh, and he's a musician. His band is called Supergirl, so is his Instagram handle. Um, and he is uh, a feminist, the father of two girls, and uh, sometimes cross-dressing hetero male. Right. Yeah, 100%. And yeah. <laughs> I think identifies more with the feminine than the masculine. So we'll, you know, speak to that as well. So welcome. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You know, the, the, uh, the reason that this episode was important to me and the reason that I think, it, you know, it kind of makes sense in this moment is that I feel that, you know, there is confusion out there in both men and women as to what's like the right way to approach, you know, sex. Um, We have like super thankfully, (laughs) um, you know, gotten past those endless thousands of years where like women were property of men and that was that. And, you know, if you married somebody, they could rape you for life. Right. You know, I mean, all the, 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 the fact that the years where the woman's body was just a means of exchange, mm-hmm. you know, an object to be traded from father to husband or whatever. So uh, with these different waves of feminism and now most lately with Me Too, you know, men have come around and, you know, have embraced a change in consciousness where they understand and respect the concept at least of consent uh, even though it seems a little you know confusing to them uh, and they you know the verbal consent not just like how they read the physical body but verbal consent and they understand and kind of like are, are proud um, you know by the about like the need to please the woman that they're with oh, yes. like super new <laughs> you know, like we found the clitoris like not even a century ago. So with all of this stuff, you know, and, and there's a lot more change. You know, science is changing everything. So we, we understand our, bra- our brain and how it works much better literally every day. So we have better ways to kind of like hack our minds and retrain our, our thoughts and our habits, including our sexual habits. We also have like, you know, DNA tests. So like everyone can know whose kid is what. So like the need to like, you know, hide the woman and lock her up. So like the kids are yours yeah. <laughs> is obsolete. So here we are and it's a time of opening. 
Um, and I'm interested to to have you speak to like two different like portals that you have each like accessed and opened and are on that gives us give us you know ways to to kind of like re-understand our physical bodily uh, existence, our sexual energy, our sexual energy exchange and our power exchange and power dynamic, you know, from how, from like the, the cliche dominant stuff that is our social conditioning, because we grew up with it, to what makes sense to us now. And we, we want to practice, but find it hard to do like in real life. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, so you, you want to go ahead, Elsa? Sure. Yeah, do you want me to just kind of talk about what mm -hmm. I do and my mm -hmm. background? Yeah, yeah, talk about, uh, you know, being a nude artist and a nudist practitioner and also, uh, you know, your mom a little bit. I yeah, think she's for sure. really cool. Yeah, so I... Had, uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, definitely a lot of what I, I do now and how I kind of came to be who I am today is a lot because of my family. I'm very close with them and I grew up in somewhat of a nudist environment and I'm not, you know, it wasn't, wasn't like a nudist colony and we weren't constantly walking around naked but compared to most of America and most Americans, you know, we would not, it wouldn't be a big deal if we didn't have clothes on and we would go camping and live in the woods for a lot of the time in the summers where we would definitely be clothing optional and be in places of extreme beauty, be swimming naked and sunbathing and going to our favorite place, Wilbur Hot Springs in California, which was clothing optional. So I've always had that um, kind of background of being free and if you know there's not a better way to say it and um yeah my mom's also an astrologer and a holistic healer and um she's kind of been transitioning through those realms over recent years and creating you know more of her own um signature signature business practice right now so we're working together on a lot of different things but um yeah so i grew up in a again a very well, you grew up without the shame that with, most of exactly. us get from our parents exactly. like oh my god cover yourself up right. close your legs no, right. you, you were very fortunate right i know I'm, oh yeah. yeah most people are not exposed to exactly that, right? yeah. Yeah. Here in the United exactly States. Yeah. yeah i'm so thankful and like the older i get and the more i experience the more people i meet i'm like oh my gosh like i had such a perfect idyllic childhood and upbringing um and i ended up getting into, well, I guess during middle school, high school, I had the normal, you know, wanted to cover up my body all the time, felt super self-conscious, because I think that's just what a lot of young adults feel. And then... Well, yeah, it's all brand new. It's yeah, like, it's know, brand new. Boobs, yeah, new exactly. Pubes, it's, like, who right. am I? it's just, becoming. that's normal. So, yeah. I mean, I definitely went through that phase. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I still had, like, a good friend of mine in high school. He went, like, naked kayaking. And I just, I, I did still feel, like, a little bit liberated and, and like, to have, like, experiment and have a little bit more fun with just, like, playing around with social norms in the body. And then when I got to college... I was really focused on, you know, fashion and aesthetics, and I've always been very visually oriented, so, you know, doing art since I was a young child. I also didn't have a TV growing up, so my mom would always give me art supplies and say, you know, this is what you can do to pass the time if you're bored. Like, we're not going to turn on the television, so art has always... That's beautiful, too, because that, like, mm -hmm. spurred you a bunch of more of the exactly. social conditioning. Well, exactly, and that was, I think, her <laughs> yeah. goal was just so like, I didn't no have... church, no TV. Exactly, wow. exactly. So, yeah, our church was pretty much nature, and like being out on the land and going on different trips. And I grew up on the seashore on the north of Boston. So again, it was like just taking in so much beauty all the time and always having like nature and art as my way of coping and getting through everything. 
And so, um, yeah, for, for me, art has always been my therapy. And then when I got to university, I was focusing more on fashion and, um, majored in communications and also just to get a better understanding of, you know, why I didn't have a TV growing up and why I was so sheltered. I just wanted to know more about like commercialism and consumerism <laughs> and yeah, all of that. So but it's also Elsa that you vibrated with that because some yeah. people may growing up be, may be uh, raised under those conditions, yeah. not necessarily enjoy them or, right. or even continue them as right. they become adults. Well, right? and, I, and I didn't. And I went through, I definitely like rebelled um, at, it to a, at a certain phase and like went through different stages of, you know, where I was not appreciative of such a healthy nurturing environment. Like, especially when I was like a preteen teenager, it was like a little bit hard mentally. And then when I got to college, I like really took a step back because when I, I was an athlete my whole life and I meditated and did yoga. And when I got to college, I stopped meditating and I became very unhealthy. Like I pretty much had a Adderall addiction that I decided to have by choice, which then, you know, turned to other types of drugs. And it was just like this hard few years where I was just struggling with my identity and like mm -hmm. trying to be normal. Well, that's and, you like individuating. Yeah. And just trying like to, your natural, exactly. Like, you know, separating yourself right, from your parents. Right. Because they were so healthy. Exactly. Exactly. But <laughs> you had I, to try I had to try it and find out for myself. Yeah. Right. It's like one thing to take advice, well, but well, you have well, to, well. right. You mm -hmm. have to go through your own, yeah, your own journey. You gotta, and it's good. But, yeah. But you know, I'm very thankful, like coming out on the other side, um, just like really, really appreciating health now and like actually knowing like both sides of, of the situation with the body and the mind. And, uh, during college again, so I was focused more on fashion and commercial work. And then I went through kind of a depressed phase, which I think a lot of people in about 20 years old, you're going through that like existential crisis. Right. Sometimes yeah. earlier, but yeah. Right, sometimes <laughs> earlier. Like, yeah, I mean, it's ongoing. I think yes. since I was six, I was going through that same problem. But like, again, I just having that like low phase, I was down at South, so it was kind of a weird environment. I was not used to, you know, Southern culture. And I ended up falling into the fine art photography department at my school at Elon and just became obsessed with it started spending hours and hours and hours in the building every day like more so than any of the majors and that's when I really started getting into photography which then took a turn from like lingerie into nude photography because I'd be in critiques and my professors would say you know why are your models why are your models posed that way like why are they wearing that bra and underwear like what message are you trying to send and I thought to myself you're right like what message am I trying to send I'm not trying to you know propel the porn industry or like people's body image issues which you know there's a place and a time for all of that but I'm real I was like just starting to realize my own narrative was much more about you know purity and being natural and being free and just embracing the nude body for the beautiful natural thing that it is and so that's when I started doing naked photography and um, it started with self-portraits and also working with my close friend and soulmate at the time and then I just got really good feedback started getting scholarships to conferences and just all of a sudden like I never wanted art to be my career, but that just happened. Like I started again, just being flown places and people buying my art and it just, one thing led to another. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, that's my life is naked photography mm -hmm. and it's developed into different realms. Oh yeah. I personally like the political side of it mm -hmm. because, you know, we have had like a long history really since the beginning of art where like the naked female body mm -hmm. is the muse, right? right? Like, even in the cave walls in Neolithic times, it's yep. the naked, like, fertile goddess, right, mm -hmm. that they're scratching. So, you know, throughout, we've had the naked form, but it's always idealized. Exactly. And it's, like, on the wall, and it's in a frame, and right. it's the, you know... 
And it, we've had always like this dichotomy where it's either that you know idealized like Madonna figure or it's you know the whatever you want to call it, you know, I, I don't want to say the W word, but, mm-hmm. you know, of porn. So, right. and there is nothing in between. Yeah. We don't have the model in between. Yeah. So, like, what I love about your story, about the idea that you're a nude artist, is not so much the photography, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is great, yeah. but which is familiar, you know, yeah. but actually the practice exactly. where you're like, let's bring women together mm-hmm. and, you know, hopefully men will do it too. Yeah. Um, and to, to be naked and, and get to kind of familiarize themselves and feel comfortable yeah. with existing and doing whatever, you mm-hmm. know, eating, drinking, talking, yeah. meditating, without the need of this cov- covering up, exactly. you know, of parts of the body that seem, you know, really completely arbitrary unless you're in sex space. Exactly. Yeah, that's my whole narrative is, again, like normalizing nudity. And that's when I was fortunate enough to come into contact with a group called Just Naked NYC um, since moving back to New York City a few years ago. And I, they asked me to do women's groups for them because a lot of their groups were attracting basically 30 men on average to every three to five women. And so there's just a huge discrepancy in male and females coming to these um, open nude events and being nude in public and in these spaces where they are, it's not a sexual space, but it can, we have, there's a lot of connotations around sex when you do see the nude body. And so that's again, why I do the work that I do. I'm so passionate about it is, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with sex. It's a beautiful thing, but there's a time and a place for it. And like, when you see a naked body, in my mind, you shouldn't automatically think of sex. Like we should be able to go to a nude beach and there shouldn't be people being turned on everywhere. Like it's a very natural thing to be naked and be in nature or be in your home. It's, it, one thing does not have to equal the other thing. So yeah, to my mind, that's like one of the goals of feminism, mm-hmm. and one of the ways to kind of like whatever smash the patriarchy or shake up the system. You right. know, because uh, the, it's the naked female body that kind of for you know for for reasons that are inherited and learned mm-hmm. has that reaction. You know, like if we women go to whatever a new speech and we see a bunch of naked men, especially if they're not erect, which right. is like the symbol for, you know, whatever, procreation, uh, we, we don't think of sex. We just right. don't, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but we probably ourselves are more conditioned to see through like the male gaze yeah. and we may get more turned on or at least think thoughtful of sex when we see the naked women on yeah. the nudist be- nudi exactly. beach because that's where the feeling of like taboo or violation yeah. kicks in right right and I, yeah and, and and the feeling of like exposure yeah but like when you think about it rationally like clearly you couldn't have sex with like all these people arbitrarily yeah. just because they're naked so right the power is in the numbers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The and more people who are naked, the less that concept fun- is functional. Right. No, you exactly. know what happens to that? That the, the negative feelings of the of the naked body. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I don't I don't think a baby feels shame. So I believe that as as humans, that's something that other humans teach us to feel, but it's not necessarily anything that that is tied in, into it. My opinion. I mean, yeah. those of us that. Like you, Elsa, that you've been fortunate enough to not have attached any negativity to to your body. Right. Um, 
I mean, you got lucky. Most people have not yeah. been so fortunate. Yeah. So they do associate some type of um, judgment with um, yeah. taking their clothes off or even the way they see others. And yeah. But there should not really be any, ideally, uh, but it's a different thing when you put it into practice. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely I have some of that like we all do. I mean, I wasn't I didn't grow up in a literal cave. Like, of course, I was out and about exposed to different magazines and publications and different different visual content that you know i i have struggled with my own concept of beauty and and i have struggled with my own my own body in its own way but that's what's been so exciting and healing of a journey just for myself like overcoming the stigma around you know fat and skinny and size and just really really especially now like being in my very late 20s almost 30 like really embracing my body and being true to myself because my whole thing is body positivity and really trying to promote everybody is beautiful. And I'm, I'm a very big fan of like shooting, you know, I have people come to me from all walks of life and ask to be photographed. And so I, I never, I never have somebody send me a picture first. Like if you have scars, if you have hair, if you're 500 pounds, if you're 20 pounds, like I don't care. I want to work with you and capture the beauty that's within you. Mm -hmm. And that's, really the message that I'm trying to spread and then when that comes back to me because I do do self-portraiture work and modeling as well especially when I don't have a subject to shoot and I'm in a beautiful place in the world um, you know I have struggled with looking at myself in these pictures and it's been a very beautiful journey just to finally look back and look at these pictures and look at myself and be like okay well you're beautiful like just really trying to you know walk the talk as they say and like believe believe what you're telling other people so that's been a a huge part of my recent journey and um it was really healing really healing time yeah liberating liberating um you know women especially since you do women's groups Mm -hmm. you know liberating them from like whatever feed we're getting from like uh, the heterodominant or you know the dominant culture media exactly and it's so hard to do exactly and you you mentioned the (laughs) male gaze before too and that's like something that I really am so proud and excited that like I'm able to add to the the spectrum of the female gaze and I think there's more and more women photographers Mm -hmm. taking hold of their power and standing in their power and and taking on these roles Mm -hmm. of photographers photographing other women Mm -hmm. and photographing men for that matter and not having and being able to see these pictures and and know that like there was a woman behind the camera and it wasn't a man who was potentially trying to objectify her in the wrong way you know so even though I mean I must say because I know you know I have a lot of friends who are women photographers Mm -hmm. I'm sure you do too and what happens interestingly is you get paid for the photographs that look satisfactory to the familiar you know male gaze totally and you can't like sell the material that doesn't you know so that becomes quote unquote art and maybe no one will buy it you just you know yeah Yeah, that's like a whole other conversation but that's like the power of you know they're still holding that ultimate power so we you know we really need to understand it and unite and support each other and support yeah. what we think is, you know, yeah. is fair. Well, you know, the, the, an audience can only consume what they are provided. And, you know, and, and they're the people that make these choices. I mean, nowadays anyone can make a record at home. So the subject matter can, that's an exercise need to be there to um, please um, anybody except yourself, right? It's just that these kids that uh, come up listening to these things, they want to emulate their heroes maybe. And if they listen to the a majority of um, uh, 
content that is not so, um, I don't know what you call it, respectful maybe? Because I think it's just plain disrespectful to objectify anybody, not just women, but men also. Um, they want to be like their heroes a little bit, you know? So it depends what you're exposed to. Um, nowadays, the truth is you can bypass everyone and do things on your own. Publish your books yourself. Um, release records on your own. Make yeah. art on your own. Mm-hmm. So you don't really need to Well, I mean, you know, this you know? podcast is an example of that. I think your work is an example of that. I don't make any money from this podcast. We were just talking about, yeah. you know, the same happening to you. Yeah. So, yeah, this is our choice, and we're here. But, like, we're not on Oprah. That's what I'm saying. You know, we're... They don't give us that accessibility that they give to More the trying. ones that are fitting the stereotypes. Right. So, and the only way to change that is for us to find each other. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, everyone out there, to, whoever it is, to kind of like spread the word and yes. try and yeah. be conscious. Well, that, and try and, yeah. yeah. That's the beauty of social media, too, yeah, though. Exactly. And that, that's what we, when we can use like the power for good versus evil. Exactly. Is yeah. Social really, media is you know, ours. And there's power in numbers. And if you stick together and you find one another, and, and again, it's kind of a dance. It's like I was telling my friend the other night, life is like a game. Like if we all learn to like play a role, and unfortunately, sometimes that means like keeping your mouth shut for a few minutes or a few seconds longer than you would like to when you want to speak out for yourself, but really like trying to take take the time to build a network and build your brand and then slowly you know even maybe play into the system a little bit and create or release an image that perhaps isn't your favorite but is aesthetically pleasing in order to get the attention of the people you want and then when that attention is gotten then you can like speak your truth in a, oh, in a the, much more powerful way. So I agree like with you I'm, a thousand percent. You know, maybe. It, it, you guys, I don't know. I don't know. Let's I mean, I, that's just, part, it's so. just, just yeah. part of my thoughts. Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, we may, yeah. Not, have the, we may not have the numbers now. Um, in my, my opinion is that even if you're just touching one person, really, that, that, that in your that's behavior true. and the way yeah. you think, that's already making a difference. In, in, I mean, I, I know we don't have Oprah numbers. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll get there. Oh, yeah. yeah of course, yeah. I mean, well, no, no, the message is not that, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. We're in it. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's, it's, it's good for us and our listeners to be aware of this, this because it happens. You know, it's the power of the existing system is exactly that. You know, it can take any protest movement or rebellious act, let's say, you know, like being nude on Instagram gets you yeah. uh, blocked and taken yep. down or being nude on some beaches can get you arrested, whatever. It's crazy shit. Exactly. So even though it should be completely legal, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, um, so taking, you know, kind of like sharing this message that the more of us who hear it and understand that it makes sense and kind of go with it and find it elsewhere and share it, the more it becomes stronger because it's not going to be, you know, empowered by the powers that be who, you know, who want things to stay the way they are. Yeah. And And I think we're on that brink of change too. I mean, we talked about astrology. We're at the age of Aquarius is coming. Like, I think it's a matter of time. Like, as long as we're patient, like so much is changing and there's so many people with like-minded people out there now. I think so too. I think so too. It's just patience. That's where we are. But also, you know, that's all the people we know. Like, honestly. I know. Yeah, we we find each other. Like all of our friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Maurice, tell us a little bit about your story and how you, you know, you studied as like a Latin male, young man in a culture of like toxic yeah. masculinity, right? Machismo. Yes. yes. Um, and, and now you are more and more like feminist. Yes. yes. I've always you been. are a feminist. Yeah, I've always yes, been. Yes, you identify. You know that how um, 
uncomfortable it is to be born into this gender, into this um, nationality maybe, and almost be ashamed of being that just because of the stereotypes. Because mm -hmm. I've never been um, a person that feels he's um, better because I have more partners or mm -hmm. if, if I'm misleading mm -hmm. five or six women. I mean, that, that to me is... Um, It's a source of shame, really. Uh, I want, you know, so it's almost like I had to work harder for people to know me and not prejudge me just because I'm male, just because I was born there. Uh, because In I'm, Colombia. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, um, it's really bad. Um, you do grow up seeing most males in your family in that type of um, uh, environment, uh, having multiple relationships outside of the marriage. Um, most of them abusing some type of alcohol or some things like that, uh, most of them being violent. Um, and, and really most males is respecting women all the time. Um, it is a rare person that, as a male, that can maybe not behave that way. You're sometimes um, seen as less of a man if you do not claim to have a, you know, five women outside of your regular girlfriend or your wife. And, and that's... Mm -hmm. um, They're just playing. Um, and they're uh, and they're more or less used like as sperm receptacles. Right? Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> and status it, symbols. In, so the, it's in, like, the, in the language, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just disgusting to me because most of these people that speak this way and um, and they feel more whole, they are the first ones that are really possessive, really jealous, and. They could not even stand or even thinking that someone can do this to them. And it's maybe the basic principle of treating another how you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so when you're born into these situations, it's really either you get out of the society pretty much, which is what I did. I mean, I'm grateful. My, um, I left when I was 11. We, my mom came to Miami. She said that Colombia was too, too dangerous, which it was. Um, I was able to grow up here and, um, and then being raised by a single mom really changes the, your point of view. Um, you see the struggles, you see what she went through, what my aunts, my grandmother, because most women go through the same things. Um, and my mom was pretty much um, cast aside because she left her husband, which is my dad. Because, but I mean, she was a, the brave woman that did that. Most women remain in those relationships. Now, I've also had many friends. Um, I've had more girlfriends, friends that are women than male friends. I just can't be friends with too many men, apparently. Um, and, um, and I, but I, it also, I dislike the fact that they themselves are chauvinistic themselves. They, they put themselves in a position that is not equal. And in my opinion, I mean, I really believe that women are superior because um, most women are more in touch with their feelings. You're more, usually more open. Um, Now, women have it very difficult as a whole. You guys, for example, have to worry about um, safety concerns, um, how your niceness is, is perceived by the other gender, because most men believe that if you say hello and you're nice to them, that you want to have sex with them, mm -hmm. which doesn't make sense to me. But I understand I'm not the average person. So yeah, um, you grow up in these environments and... Um, It's um, a, bit, um, a bit dark when you disagree with the way most people behave. But again, you can, um, by being different, I've had many, many uh, girlfriends that have told me that I was a friend, the first male friend that I had that did not 
want to hit on them, did not take advantage of them. When we went out partying or they were drunk and I had to take their clothes off and put them to bed. And, you know, that was so sad. And, and most female friends I've had have had some type of um, sexual abuse by a male. It's so standard, it seems. It's not like a rare occurrence. And that's oh, really no, sad. no, no. It's super standard. Yeah. And if you take yeah. into... I mean, until literally, like, our generation, um, you know, we didn't even understand date rape. We didn't even... I mean, we didn't have a word for it, you know? We didn't understand, like, sexual assault, uh, harassment at work. None of that. It was, like, just, you know, survive and get through it. Or, you know, if it's an acquaintance, well, it's assumed that you should have not, like you know, got into their apartment or whatever you, whatever you did. Or, you know, if it's a boss, then you just kind of like ignore it and let it happen so you don't get fired, you know. So women existed in like survival mode when it came to their bodies for thousands of years. So it's really hard to do that kind of like, you know, shift, that turn on the switch and say, okay, you know, the meanings actually, you know, are different and we're only figuring that out now, and we have to look back and think of our lives, our mother's lives, and re-understand them, you know, in this, in this way that's more uh, conscious and enlightened. You know, of course, um, now, it would be, uh, it would be very, um, <laughs> it would be very pleasant to believe that those things have stopped, but you know they haven't. They haven't. Um, anytime, I mean, there's, now this there's it seems to be, um, um, many important men that are being found out um, <coughs> or revealed as abusers, rapists, um, manipulators, their power, their fame, their money. The victims are almost exclusively women. It shouldn't be this way. I mean, you, you as a gender, you shouldn't have to be at the defensive when you go apply for a job, when you accept a lunch, um, work um, meeting when you go to somebody's office, but these things do happen. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a dad. You know, I have two young girls. They're 12 and nine, mm. but this is the world they're growing up in. You know, unfortunately, there are certain behaviors that they are going to have to face that I don't have to face mm -hmm. as a male. It's not fair. It's not what I would like, but I also have to instruct them in what goes on out there. I don't want them not yeah. to know, not to be aware of what's happening. Well, luckily, too, for them, though, like, they're being born into a time where there is such a large change happening. <laughs> and I think that, of course, there's a lot of fear around the technology age and, you know, there's all of that happening, but there's a lot of beauty in that too. And that w there are groups of people coming together and like, I'm starting these things, you know, healing groups and there's this whole revolution happening, like kind of underground revolution now, but I think it's becoming much more popularized like every single day. And, you know, just with politics and everything we have going on in the world, there's just, there's so many people starting to rise up and use their voices. And thank God we still have a certain level of freedom of speech in this country and mm -hmm. of the press. And we're able mm -hmm. to, as much as there is mm -hmm. censorship in the news, at least we can still get mm -hmm. our word out there on social media to our friend who can then tell a friend. So at least, you know, as you were saying, I mean, we've come so far as women and I think we're just going to keep 
pushing the boundaries of right. equality and it's really a beautiful thing. So I think what's really important, like another thing my mom's helped me with over time is just seeing the beauty in all things and looking at the good instead of dwelling on the negative. And of course there's right. so much negative, so it's hard to block that out, but like there's also so many beautiful things happening mm-hmm. and so much great change and wonderful people to participate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I feel so. that one of the you know simplest things that we can all do to change the system is to just decommodify the mm-hmm. female body. Yeah. It's so simple if we could all agree that like the naked female young fertile body mm-hmm. is not a commodity. You yeah. Know? Both men and women because mm-hmm. when you're so deep in the system the women inevitably in moments when they're not conscious, participate in it, you know, so they do use, we, we do use uh, the power or the attractiveness or whatever, you know, of the of the naked female body or the semi-naked body mm-hmm. to get the rewards of the system, you know, mm-hmm. to get the job, to get the promotion, to get the attention, to feel powerful. Mm-hmm. And is it really true power? Like, what's the power, right? right. So just being conscious both, you know, boys and girls, of, yeah, of course you're going to be attracted to the physical form because that's like the visual aspect. Mm-hmm. There are so many more aspects to right. a person. But like, what do you do with the general notion of it? You know, like mm-hmm. is every naked, semi-naked female body you see in your face like a commodity? Does it make you want to buy the clothes that hang on it? Does it make right. you want to like buy the albums that, you know, are behind that cover? For most people What's it does. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. For, for most people it does, yeah. And doesn't that, that have so some like, sort that's of the, like psychological effect I think that's like the, the trigger we get to turn off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested also in the cross-dressing if it's only for performance, if it's in your own life, if it's in your sexuality. Well, well in um, the cross-dressing, in my opinion, is really for performances. Um, okay. I, the, the main reason why I called the project Supergirl, um, I mean, I, I'm doing all these things, I hope, um, to impact um, some young ladies out there, young women that may be um, a bit, um, a bit um, how do you say, it? that somebody has defined what a man is to them. I mean, I want them to know that there are different types of men, that not every man has to be a macho guy that um, is overpowering, overbearing, that's telling them what to do, that is the head of the relationship. I don't believe in those things. Also for my girls, obviously, so they see a role model, but also for, for men out there. Um, so when I perform, I want people to see that you could be masculine, you could be strong, you could be far, powerful, but not necessarily appear that way. Most people associate um, femininity with um, having nails done, having a short skirt, and I perform that way. And now I've never felt like a woman. I, um, I've never been attracted to a man, but I do like to present that just so people see that yeah. not every man has to be this way or, or what yeah. they think a man should be like I mean that's so beautiful just yeah. like playing around with the yeah. gender yeah. roles yeah. and just yeah exploring and showing that like mm-hmm. I just think that's so beautiful you know, that's so nice well, to, to me what really matters I'm sorry what really matters anyway it's not what you're wearing or what you profess that you believe it's really how you act yeah. my opinion I mean if I'm here speaking with you I'm not looking at you not interacting with you not being patient when you talk what would it matter if I say I'm a feminist or I'm this or that? Mm-hmm. It's pretty much how mm-hmm. you act, I believe. Yeah, I agree. I think it's all you know, behavior and 
again, I'm going back to what I was saying before, which is that we tend to behave the way that everybody around us behaves, because that's how we're conditioned, and then we also want to fit in. Like, it doesn't feel good to be a complete outlier and not mm -hmm. have anyone be like yeah. you, so to speak. So, you know, what we're familiar with is basically, you know, a form of oppression of, of, of the male body and oppression of the male self-expression because oh, they're not allowed to use makeup as normative. They're not allowed to, like, go in a miniskirt to work. You know, they're not allowed, allowed to, like, wear high heels and go to court and be a lawyer. The woman lawyer can wear, like, the little power suit and the Louboutins. And to me, it's kind of obscene, you know, the, the extreme gender differentiation yeah. that happens, like, literally before birth, when you're pregnant and you have, like, a gender party, and you're like, right. it's a boy, blue, 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 it's a girl, pink, pink, pink. And then, you know, the name changes <laughs> from boy to girl, yeah. right? And then that, like, extreme kind of, like, separation of the genders mm -hmm. uh, begins before we're even born. Um, I mean, I personally find, you know, kind of like uh, non-gender looks and behaviors much more attractive. And always the, mm -hmm. you know, like men who change, dye their hair different colors all the time or, you know, present in, in ways that one would, I don't know, you know, consider feminine. But there, that's all like cliches, you know, the feminine, masculine, it's really kind of like the cliche definition. So yeah. when we say like we both have feminine masculine, yes, but if you read the list, it's like, wait a minute, that's all the cliches. The feminine is the passive and the creative and the masculine is like, you know, the maker and the aggressive. It's a what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, expressing it, you know, if more and more men, like Mark Jacobs, you know, and, and other designers, um, and, and some performers, you know, have begun to like go to these award shows and stuff, dressing in more uh, beautiful outfits. <laughs> um, but but if it were to spread into society, now that would be liberating for men, and a man could choose without any issue or judgment what makes him feel you know, like he looks better. You are correct. Now, what happens, just as women may have the society brainwash of you need to be sexy, you need to be attractive, most men, the truth is, they need to be more manly from the beginning. Right. When you're little, if you sit a certain way, all your male friends will begin to call you a faggot or this or that, and you don't want to be seen as that. So what you said, it just takes, you have to be very independent to be different because it can be very lonely. Yeah. And most people that are creative that I know, have had um, a bit of a um, challenging childhood because you are different from the mm -hmm. beginning. You don't, yeah. you don't relate to the way most people think. Yeah. You almost can't help it. So you become a little bit like cast aside and you have to almost get used to, you know, not being part of a group or mm -hmm. being on your own until you mature more. And then you have to seek out people like you maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to be very strong to, to not succumb to the pressures that everybody's trying to... Um, put on you to to right. behave like everyone else, to think like everyone else. Mm -hmm. But as I mean, I'm sure you guys have been individuals all your lives. I mean, I haven't met someone that just woke up and became that. Mm -hmm. um, it, it can be very lonely, um, and um, and some people rather fit in, or maybe some people don't even have any interest in being in thinking 
for themselves, maybe. Yeah, but that's why we, I mean, for, you know, the, the way that I see it is that it's not so much strength and weakness as, like, consciousness, you know, so, like, the practice of meditation, the practice of finding uh, open space, calm space, you know, kind of, like, expanding so you think before you do things, uh, you know, the more we practice that, the more we find, like, freedom from problems that everyone has, like anxiety or stress or, you know, whatever, sleeplessness or, you know, insecurity. So it, it's not just about, you know, rebelling right away, but in the process of finding that, you know, space of, of opening up through, like, breath or whatever, open up time, don't be a slave to time, right? And then you begin to think for yourself. And that's how you get to this place where you could become conscious of what, let's say, you wear and why you wear it and if it makes sense. No, 100%. Now, um, the the biggest probably um, influence that one has is really your one's parents when one is growing up. Now, I know it took me a while to get to to the the state that I'm in right the second. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you happen to be lucky enough to be born into that situation, ideal. Most of us were not. So we have to find that on our own. Um, but yes, if you're presented with things in a non-judgmental way, in a positive way, to deal with insecurities, with uh, feelings, with um, roles, with uh, desires, with um, everything, yeah, life will be can be beautiful. It is just that you know if you don't have those guides when you're as you're growing up, it can be extremely challenging as you make the mistakes maybe, and you and you figure out wait a minute, I've been shown this example and I tried it, but I don't feel that good doing this. Let me try this instead. Those are the people that you know. I don't know if they're called seekers or whatever they're called, but you're trying to find your way in life and what makes you feel good, what resonates with you. Eventually you get there, hopefully. I mean, we're always trying to get there. And it's almost like we have to do away with everything that we were taught or everything that we have seen uh, and, and then find ourselves, right? What, what works yeah. for us. So it's just um, a lifelong pursuit, right? Yeah, there is a lot of like unlearning first, yeah. And also, you know, like re... You know, it's like a, not a reboot, but like an update. You know, like we have a software <laughs> and then yeah. there is an update and we take it in and then we're not the same exactly. We're functioning mm-hmm. slightly differently. More, so, more, yeah, more. that's so like, yeah, the way that you raise your daughters is not how your parents raised you at all. And same with me and my daughter, like there's zero comparison. So that's what we're working on. Yeah. These girls are so fortunate, I believe. I mean, they're, 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 <laughs> yeah. they're 12 and 9, right? They've been going to yoga for like five years. They know about meditation. They know about belly breathing. They've been vegetarians all their lives. I mean, I, I can't say certain things because um, here in this country it's illegal, I guess, but they're 100% comfortable with nudity. You know, yeah. it's like they don't have prejudices. And I'm thinking, wow, they have it so good yeah. that they're so young and already so open, my opinion. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. beautiful. And, and that is the biggest influence we can have, you know. Yeah. Even if one is not a parent in the relationships that we have, mm-hmm. whoever you touch, whoever you touch, mm-hmm. we have an influence. Exactly. I mean, I, I love to meet people that, you know, after 10 years of not seeing me, they always remember my positive attitude or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, you know, you were able to influence right. that person in that way, just with your behavior, not because you're preaching, do this, do that, or I do this. You know, free country. 
but we do have an effect on people. Oh. And that's another yeah, thing. absolutely. Yeah, and like that's another thing that my mom would always tell me is like, because um, she's an astrologer and we work together with that, and we're all about like looking at different generations. And it's interesting that I think her belief system that I've adopted is that we pass on to our children our our best traits. So our children are the more evolved versions of ourselves. It's beautiful. And that yeah. and then that helps you release all of the the patterns, the negative patterns from your past generations and your past your ancestors. So that's yeah. just what you're doing. I and, totally you know, believe that. Yeah. I believe that. And and I always encourage every woman to have a baby. Well it's different. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a man and you know but like going through the experience of, of motherhood, pregnancy. I, wish I, could, I, wish I know, I could. right? I you're you. doing your part. Birth. You're doing your part. The, the most that I can. Yeah, you're doing your part for sure. <laughs> but especially for for the women, because you know, I meet so many women now uh, who are kind of like again, um, you know, giving so much emphasis on their career yeah. and making money and they're successful. And I feel, in a sense, you know they are a little bit co-opted, so they've taken on, you know, they've empowered their masculinity at the expense of their femininity. Um, and I always say, you know, please, just like have a baby. You don't even need to change anything else because having a baby will shift so much. Mm. You know, it's such like a heart opener. And then as you say, like just by, by instinct, because there is a love there mm -hmm. that's greater than self-love in right. most cases. So by that instinct, um, you heal yourself. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, of, of those words, you heal of those, the wounds and right, the traumas of the yourself and your and past yeah. past generations. Yeah. So it's very powerful. Yeah, and you shed yeah. and you let go all mm -hmm. that like toxic, uh, you know, mm -hmm. bullshit that's yes. been stored in our DNA. Exactly. So it, it's one of the ways that we can get better. Right. You know. Right as a human race and as a, you know, mm -hmm. as a person, individuals. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in our, in our world, you know, again, patriarchy, mm -hmm. right? It's like being a mother is not one's greater accomplishment. You know, right. you meet a woman and you're like, hi, Baba, what do you do? Or like, what does your mom do? You know, and no one says, well, I'm a mom, you know, yeah, or I'm a single mom. It's like, no, I have to come up with something that like a man would do. Right. Because I can't just say, exactly. right? And, you know, to me... Uh, you know, being a mom by far was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I've done a of lot course. of stuff in my yeah. career. And I've, you know, I have a good, I've had like an accomplished, uh, very accomplished work life. Mm -hmm. No comparison. Yeah. I mean, every day, day in, day out, you know, on my own, all these years creating, a, you know, participating in a human's, you know, mm -hmm. self-creation. That's, That's so the big, greatest work, you know. Yeah. But we have disempowered that. Mm -hmm. And we don't pay it, of course. We don't, like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, reward it financially, right. which is the most obvious way yeah. of disempowering it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you're so supposed true. to do it, like, on the side. I know. Of the other things that you do that are more important than, like, driving an Uber or whatever yeah. we have to do to make so money. So interesting to think right? about. We yeah. need to, that's another thing. We totally need to change the narrative around motherhood mm -hmm. because it's, it's a major problem, yeah. Yeah, but you, but you know the type of person that does not value somebody being a, a mother, somebody being a parent, sometimes you, I mean, if you have to highlight the importance of that to anyone, that is their shortcoming, not, not the mother. You know what I'm saying? Some people cannot comprehend 
the the role, the importance of being a parent. That's like pretty much I you know if anyone considers their Oscars or their Tonys or whatever the books they've written more important than their role as a parent, good for them, good for them. But I'm grateful that you see yourself as a, as a mom first, you know, because that's really uh, to me it's as, the most important thing you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean yeah. I I hope. I mean, aside from anything I've done and everywhere I've been, I hope that one day my girls can say, oh, my daddy supported us, he loved us, he respected us. I mean, that right there is like the dream. That's, I, hope, I hope it gets to that point. Yeah, that's beautiful. That, that's yeah. a reward right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Why yeah. else am I here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there could be other things, but that's my problem. Yeah, there are other, you know, there are other <laughs> things, but basically I feel that when you have felt that, mm. you know, when you have felt that feeling that you just described, then you can take that and channel it into everyone, you know, like feeling that love, that, 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 yeah. that happiness from just giving mm-hmm. over and above. You know, you can channel that into giving over and above, above to everyone instead of only like what's yours, you know, in, in, instead of like, okay, you know, these are my kids and they're going to inherit me and I'm going to like, you know, yeah. acquire even more things. So like, my, you know, we're all, my, my little tribe's going to be more powerful than any other tribe. Yeah. And what, you know, meanwhile, like the planet's falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my it's like, God, it's so but, sad you know, and like, so true. Yeah, and it's so true, yeah. right? Oh my gosh. And it's like, so yeah, like feeling that, that's like the most amazing, uh, you know, for me, discovery, you know, that we are capable of loving and enjoying giving so much, you know, yeah. and like finding ways to share that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely the most. No, important. yeah, but, but that, that takes stepping away from the selfishness that seems to be predominant in some things. Um, yeah, one has to focus yeah. on the beauty and, and the kindness and the happiness. I mean, one has to find it and be very selective. Yeah. And um, and try to spread the, whatever it is that we need to spread. Yeah. You but know? that's part of our culture, too. We're very, like, focused on singularity and oneness. And again, like mm-hmm. I said before, yeah. like, the Age of Aquarius is coming all about the collective. And, like, that's the time period, this couple thousand, next few thousand years that we're entering is a time of collective consciousness. And in unity and everyone coming together and relying on one another and building and sharing yes, and it's yes, very beautiful yes. but it's it's very scary because it is just the beginning of this phase so you know you still have some people that are very um comfortable in like the old world and the old, old narrative and wars and and fighting for the self and the fa- your your own singular family like you <laughs> said which is ridiculous it's like yeah do you not realize there's so many other people out there and i know that like you know there's still a lot of inequality and you know, fairness, global world peace doesn't happen overnight, literally, but like there is so much room for improvement in such a short period of time. If we just could all again, like share, share Mm -hmm. this beautiful, all the beauty with one another Mm -hmm. and share what we have or what we can share with one another and what we can offer. So it's, it's exciting. Like, and I try to look at, I try to see the beauty. And of course I have days where I wake up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like what's the point of, you know, anything and being alive and why are we here? And it's like, I think it's it's natural to have those moments, but like if, you know, if we can more of the time be positive and share that positivity and share again, our, 
our strengths and and share what we have to offer. Right. You know, whatever that is, if it's not if it's knowledge, if it's money, if it's food, if it's shelter, like mm-hmm. everybody has something. And like again, like you said, maybe it's just reaching one person. Maybe it's just one person on Instagram, who knows, that you start a conversation with that changes their trajectory of their next mm-hmm. like 20 years of their life cuz you know, life is just so precious and there's so much beauty and wisdom to be shared and so I just I think that's yeah. why we're here is to do that. And to go back to what you started with, you know, when we feel uh, depressed, desperate, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe uh, neglected, unloved, misunderstood, all that, you know, the place to find healing is nature. Yes. So 100%. The oh my source God. where we come from mm-hmm. before all the bullshit that we constructed to like, you know, control it and edit it and curate it and censor mm-hmm. it. The source is totally there for us. Yeah. You know, it is being in nature. It is without all the distractions mm-hmm. and without the tech world. And yeah. uh, you know, having children, being in that space of like, you know, just being in true uh, intimacy without all the other feelings mm-hmm. and thoughts and you know whatever fears yeah. that may come up based on our conditioning that heals it's so, so if you feel that yeah just like find the source yeah you know? and it's so and simple like even so in, simple it, even and it's in, free it's free i'm <laughs> saying like and you have no excuse like i live in new york city and even there like there are so many parks you can easily access where there is um there are a multitude of private spaces and a tree just to sit under a tree or like sit on the water of a little pond like it's everywhere you can't there's nowhere in the world that doesn't still have some beautiful piece of nature available and that's i mean that's an unbelievable in in itself just because of where our world is and the world's on fire natural disasters but like i mean that, and that's the whole point of my work is like learning to reconnect with nature realize that we are a part of nature and honor that like honor not only one another as humans because you're part of nature just as i am but also the grass and the trees and the rocks and the rivers mm-hmm. and the ocean mm-hmm. because they are yeah. we are the we're all made up of the exact same elements Mm -hmm. and we were born of that and that's where our bodies feel the most alive whether Mm -hmm. you know that or you like it or not or maybe if you've grown up in like a very commercial setting like you're still going to feel the vibrations of nature when you spend time there and it's been proven hundreds of thousands of oh, times. Yeah, like it's, sure. it's, it's just we're just like, repeating like the facts no, of time right know, now. Social I mean, gathering or like elite private club mm-hmm. or party or uh, what, I, I don't know what else, like show, <laughs> entertainment, <laughs> you know, whatever, even like group that will give you the same yep. profound like healing. Yeah. It's just kind of like yeah. lying on the earth and mm-hmm. listening to, uh, you know, the waves or, yeah. you know, the wind right. or, you know, just the, the elements. Exactly. That's where we come yeah. from. Yeah. And for me, I love yeah. being like being naked in nature to me is like the ultimate yeah, freedom. Yeah, and yeah, so, and I've had yeah. so many people come to do photo shoots with me who have never been naked in nature before, yeah. who have barely been naked again, like outside of their bedroom. And they, every single time they're almost in tears, like, Oh my gosh, that was the most liberating, beautiful experience in my life. Like, so if, if, you know, cause if, it's fucking natural. It, yeah, it's all. exactly. It's, it's just, it's you, in the, been like, it's the ineffable that was like from a, nature exactly it's a, but it's that's where you reconnect like that's a mystical experience that's where you reach transcendence is being like at one and in your most natural state so mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and you know, like imagine if all of the, not all, but like a good number of, of, of all of us who are like congregated in these urban centers, uh, primarily brought here for capitalist reasons, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and who, by the way, that which makes our vote not count. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> like imagine us all going out to like the rural areas yeah. and starting over, you right. know, and living in nature and creating like little hubs. Yeah, like little the ones farms, we have. Little communities, yeah, collectives. Yeah, little communities, collectives. Yeah, but it's, and it's happening. I know. It's happening slowly. Yeah. Like it's very exciting. Yeah. I always talk with my family. My mom cracks me up because she sends me every day like a new farm for sale in Vermont. She's like, this is the one we're going to buy. And, and we're going to start same, growing. Yeah, okay, the- perfect. So you can join our farm if I you want to move to I Vermont. <laughs> or Greece, we're talking about our... our yeah, we were talking yes. about Lesbos. So many plans yeah. on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we exactly. just start waiting for our angel investors. Yes. So we're putting that out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. It will come. It I will mean, come. It's coming. You know, yes. Yeah. It's very I'm, exciting. I'm like, yeah. But the point is, yeah, there's so much land and beauty and it's just, mm-hmm. it's and exciting. Healing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel we, we're good. We have like a good closing point. Is there something you want to uh, add or have I missed something? No, we're, we're cool. I mean, this yeah. has been awesome. Yeah. Okay, great. Awesome. I feel really good yeah. about everything we've said. Yeah. yeah. Me thank too. you so me much too. for having me today. Thank you for coming yeah. again. Thank you, Maurice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. It was beautiful. And thank you for listening. Thank you for trusting me as your sex whisperer. And until <laughs> next week, Yay. speak sex. <laughs> Love incessantly, I would be God.